You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Whoa. Fantasy round table come take a look at the crown baby go what is going on everybody welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast me and matt are back again on a beautiful monday got uh, a fairly easy episode for you guys today we're gonna talk a little bit uh nfl news with the retirement and a trade is it a trade or free agency it was a signing. Signing. Free agency signing. Not a not a major one, as you can tell by my lack of knowledge on that. Uh, we will talk a little bit more of our NFL mock draft 3.0, and then we will jump into a little preview of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Or not a preview, a recap, technically. So, Matt, how are you doing on this beautiful Monday? Doing pretty good. Seems like uh, whenever uh, we get together to do the show, I'm getting thunder snow uh, lately. We had it on... Nice. On Thursday, we're getting a little bit uh, today, but uh, I guess that's just the ups and downs here in Colorado. Yeah, it's been weird. We were dropped down to like freezing temperatures here in northern parts of Texas yesterday. It's very weird to say that on April 19th. Usually you're looking at like 80s, getting ready to get to like those lower 90 days. So it's a Definitely been a weird year for weather for sure. Speaking of weird years, let's just start with the signing. Marquise Goodwin to the Bears. Uh, I mean, doesn't really do much for me, but your thoughts there on on that, uh, the signing there for the Chicago Bears. Well, you know, it doesn't do a lot for me either. Goodwin, I believe, sat out last year. Um, I think he was supposed to be – he had signed with the Eagles or got traded to the Eagles and then um, sat out. 
during the COVID situation. We already know that the um, we already know that they're trying to trade Anthony Miller um, so far. Haven't really gotten that done. Be curious to see what happens there. I think the Bears are drafting a wide receiver, or I have thought they were going to draft a wide receiver. And we still have some questions about who's going to throw the ball. So uh, for fantasy, I'm not really looking to go out and pick up a good one. I don't know if it's more of a return game thing um, or just to have some depth. But seemed like kind of a weird and surprising move to me. Yeah, it does absolutely nothing for me as well. I'm not uh, not not really worried about it for fantasy. Not someone I'm really. I mean, I guess if you're you know in the middle of a startup like I am right now, and you're in like the 38th round, and you want to take a shot on a wide receiver, go for it. But uh, not really. Uh, don't really have high hopes that Andy Dalton's going to be able to make more than like maybe one wide receiver fantasy relevant there. And I imagine that's going to be Allen Robinson. So not really that excited about. Uh, Godwin there. The other bit of news that came out uh, earlier today, I believe it was released on his Instagram. Is that correct? Uh, Alex Smith. Yeah, Instagram. Uh, Alex Smith is retiring. You know, I don't want to say unfortunately, as, as we talked about a lot, you know, it was kind of, I don't want to say weird watching him play, but it was, it was in a way kind of scary because you were worried he was going to possibly get hurt again. But, uh, you know, comes back, obviously definitely deserved to win the comeback player of the year last year with everything he endured with almost losing his leg and coming back and playing and actually playing serviceable. He, he was not horrible. That first game was a little sketchy, but after that was a decent quarterback, I think was part of the reason helped to lead that uh, Washington team to the playoffs. Just kind of your overall thoughts on seeing Alex Smith. I should say that that he almost signed with Jacksonville. Apparently he did go down there and meet with Urban Meyer. For those of you who don't know, he was uh, he played for Urban Meyer at Utah before Urban Meyer went to Florida. So they did have that little connection, but decided to retire. Yeah. I mean, he's been a, a decent contributor, probably an underrated guy um, a couple of times. It just seems to like no matter what he does, getting a team to the playoffs, uh, they're ready to move on from him right after that. We saw that in San Francisco. Kaepernick kind of arose, and they pushed him out. He goes to Kansas City, and they draft Mahomes, uh, kind of pushes him down. He had the Washington football team on track to make the playoffs before that horrific injury. Comes back. It's kind of nice symmetry that he's able to win comeback player of the year, um, get them in into the playoffs I'm not surprised he retired. I think that made um, probably the most sense to me. He ends up with pretty decent career numbers, uh, <laughs> sitting on 99 wins as a starter. Got to be a little bit of a bummer. Sitting on 199 passing touchdowns as a starter. Um, so, you know, for symmetry-wise, it would have been nice to just get one more uh, in each 35,650 career yards. Um, you know, what – maybe didn't reach the incredible heights that you sometimes think of with a guy who ends up being a number one overall draft pick. But I thought he was a pretty solid quarterback who, who was successful everywhere he went. Uh, I get him not really wanting. I'm not sure if I'm him. I'm wanting to come back into Jacksonville to spend every day teaching Trevor Lawrence how to play quarterback. You could retire and be a coach and do that kind of thing. If that's what you want to do. Um, So probably, he has to feel good having been able to come back and and what he did to close last season. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it was it's an amazing story. I was uh, you know, we I think everybody in the football community was happy to see him. Why well, I feel like I have a, like a hole in my hair when I see that. Sorry. Um and uh it's age. Age it, it is coming it's for all of us. Me. Oh man, that's wrong. very disappointing. Anyways, uh so yeah, it, it was it was awesome to see. I was happy for him. I think he probably gets all the ha- I shouldn't say hate. Um I think he's viewed the way he is because of Aaron Rodgers being in that draft. And I feel like the way everybody kind of missed on Aaron Rodgers, is that fair to say? Because I think yeah. if Aaron or if Aaron Rodgers say goes one overall, we're probably not looking at Alex Smith as like quote unquote a bust. He was just not as good as Aaron Rodgers. I think that's kind of what comes up with him, the fact that we all know Rodgers is from the area. He was hoping he'd get drafted by the 49ers. Then he doesn't go until whatever it was, pick 30 or something like that to the Packers. And uh, Alex Smith goes there, and then everybody just kind of views him as a bust. Again, he actually had a really good career. He was really good with the 49ers, kind of in that second half with Harbaugh, and then goes to Kansas City, has a really good couple years there with Andy Reid as well. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think he, you know, you know, talking on the Hall of Fame stuff like we were with Edelman. He's not going into the Hall of Fame or anything like that, but I think he had a better career than a lot of people are going to give him credit for. Yep. All right, so let's talk about the draft, and I feel like this might end up being a a fairly quick episode, which is good because I've got a lot of stuff going on today. So I'm going to try and go through this fairly quickly. We got all the way through pick 2-9 on the last episode on Thursday with Dennis So. We started off Trevor Lawrence to the Jacksonville at one, Zach Wilson to the Jets at two, Mac Jones to the 49ers at three, Justin Fields to the Falcons at four, Pitts at five to the Bengals, Jalen Waddell at six to the Dolphins, Trey Lance at seven to the Detroit Lions, Panay Sewell at eight to the Carolina Panthers, Micah Parsons at nine to the Denver Broncos, J.C. Horn at 10 to the Cowboys. By the way, this is with no trades, just so everybody knows we, we, we did not do any trades here. Uh, Quiddy Pay at 11 to the Giants, Jamar Chase at 12 to the Eagles, Rashawn Slater at 13 to the Chargers, Patrick Sertain at 14 to the Vikings, then Devonta Smith at 15 to the Patriots, Caleb Farley at 16 to the Cardinals, Christian Derisaw at 17 to the Raiders, Aziz Ajar. I don't, I'm not going to be able to say his name. Ojalary right or something. Ojalary, the linebacker out of Georgia uh, at 18 to the Dolphins. Tevin Jenkins uh, at 19 to the Washington football team. Rashad Bateman at 20 to the Bears. Rondale Moore at 21 to the Colts. Greg Newsom at 22 to the Titans. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker at 23 to the Jets. Asante Samuel at 24 to the Steelers. Tevin Morig at 25 to the Jaguars. Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa at 26 to the Browns. Terrace Marshall at 27 to the Ravens. Zaven Collins at 28 to the Saints. Elijah Moore at 29 to the Packers. Jalen Phillips at 30 to the Bills. Jalen Mayfield at 31 to the Chiefs. And then to finish out the first round, Christian Barrymore at 32 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
Let's jump into now where we are in the second round. We started off with Liam Eichenberg to the Jacksonville Jaguars at 2-1. At 2-2, Najee Harris to the Jets at 2-3. Javante Williams to the Falcons at 2-4. Travis Etienne to the Dolphins at 2-5. Jamin Davis to the Philadelphia Eagles, 2-6. Kadarius Toney, so Cincinnati has screwed up two of their picks. Uh, Just kidding. Uh, Number six to the Cincinnati Bengals. Eric Stokes at 2-7 to the Carolina Panthers. Samuel Cosme at 2-8 to the Denver Broncos. And the last pick we made was the Detroit Lions taking Nick Bolton at 2-9. I'm going to let you go first here. That puts the New York Giants back on the clock at 2-10. Let's see here. So showing cornerback, linebacker, and wide receiver as their biggest needs of uh, for the football team. Where are you going here for I still the feel like wide receiver they're not taking into account that the team Probably, signed John yeah. Ross and Kenny Galladay. <laughs> Um, I went linebacker uh, because I saw that wide receiver thing. I thought, no, that's probably not. So I went with uh, Jabril Cox. Jabril Cox out of LSU. All right. So that goes, yeah. I mean, so we'll probably go offensive tackle would be the next need. Necessarily technically would, would feel, take a wide receiver off the board. Yeah, I looked at linemen, but it didn't feel to me like the options merited the position, I guess, yeah. of where the where the pick was. So that puts me up with San Francisco here at pick 43. Interior offensive line, offensive tackle, and cornerback. They've got a very good offensive tackle on the board here. Really two uh, offensive linemen, both from Alabama. You've got Alex Leatherwood, the offensive tackle, and the interior offensive lineman Landon Dickerson from Alabama as well. And... I'm going to go Landon Dickerson. He was a guy that was very well liked at Alabama, a guy that was kind of the heart and soul of that team until he tore his ACL. We saw him kind of come back fairly quickly from that as well. He actually dressed and was at the national championship game taking snaps, didn't actually play uh, again because of how I think that was only a month or two after the ACL tear. Like it was ridiculous seeing him back in uniform that quickly, but uh, he is very highly praised. The 36th player ranked here on the board and going at 43 and a little bit of a steal here for the 49ers, but they need that offensive line help. So I'm going to give them Landon Dickerson. That puts the Cowboys up on the clock here for you. Interior defensive line, offensive tackle and edge rushers are the need for them. Where are you going for the Cowboys? Yeah, and I went exactly that kind of interior defensive line. I went with Levi on Zaruki. Zaruki out of Washington. We'll yeah, just go Washington. Levi. Levi out of Washington. All right. Levi goes to Levi Stadium. So that puts Jacksonville back on the clock here. Wide receiver, running back, and cornerback are their biggest needs. And, man, there's really not any of these guys up here on the board. So tight end is a need as well, but mm, so that's the thing. So there's, there's two guys that I'd be looking at here. If I'm then Kelvin Joseph out of Kentucky cornerback, who not really a reach. I think at this point, this is probably the range he's going to go in the NFL draft. So I think obviously you address your cornerback need. There's not really a wide receiver I'd take here. Um, you know, the top guys, let's see here. Who do I have the top guys on the board? You know, Amari Rogers, Deami Brown, Nico Collins, Dwayne Eskridge, Amon Ross St. Brown. I actually wouldn't mind Amon Ross St. Brown here, but I don't, I don't know if they go wide receiver. They've got, 
you know, DJ Chark, and I still think LaVisca Chenault's a very good wide receiver, so I don't know if they go wide receiver here. So I know you put down a player, and I'm actually going to go with it because, yeah, I mean, they do need a tight end. There's a lot of people who are talking about them, you know, possibly taking a – Kyle Pitts in this with their second pick, but I don't see him, I don't see him falling that far in the NFL draft. They're not going to trade up to get him. Uh, Fryermuth is an all around tight end. Not only is a very good blocker, he can do a very good receiving option as well. A decent route runner. They didn't call him Baby Gronk for no reason. So I, I agree with you here, and I will give them Pat Fryermuth out of Penn State here to the Jacksonville Jaguars at forty five. That puts you on the board with the Patriots here at forty six. Yeah, and a lot of the positions uh, that they, of need that they had, um, I didn't think were incredible fits. One of them, they're looking at safety, maybe a little bit of a reach, but I went with Richie Grant from UCF. Um, I feel like that'll help with defense. Obviously, was it? I think it was this offseason that Patrick Chung retired. Yes. So. All right, so that puts the Chargers up here at 47. Safety, edge rusher, cornerback, wide receiver, and there is Jason. Uh, I'm not getting this wrong, right? He's still available. Jason Awu uh, 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 out of Penn State, correct? I didn't, like, mess that up. Uh, what position? Uh, he is an edge rusher. I don't believe he was picked earlier. Maybe I missed it. I th- so No, I think you're no? right. Okay. I think he's there. Well, I think that falls perfectly for them then. Again, 32nd-ranked player on the board here, getting them at 47. Good edge rusher to pair there with Bosa. I will give them him out of Penn State. That puts the Raiders here on the clock for you. Linebacker, interior offensive line, and safety. What do you have uh, the Raiders doing? So originally, I didn't have um, Dickerson going to the 49ers, and I thought this would have been an ideal spot because their offensive line – it's kind of a disaster. So I'm yeah. going to go with Alex Leatherwood, I think, okay. um, just because they can use – they line, line is a big problem. I, some people have talked about taking defense. I could see that, but I think they've got to do something at the offensive line. All right, so that puts me up here with the Cardinals. Uh, Interior offensive line, running back, tight end, and linebacker. Um, you know, linebacker best on the board is Baron Browning. And then you've got interior offensive linemen in Creed Humphrey and Wyatt Davis. Um, I know Creed Humphrey is getting a lot of talk out of um, Oklahoma, had a really good year this year. Wyatt Davis was like considered a high-end first-round pick last year for Ohio State, came back to play his senior year, didn't have a great year, but I think a lot of that goes to something we've talked a lot about in the fact that, the Big Ten had, I'm sorry, yeah, redshirt, he was not a senior, he's a redshirt junior. I'm thinking about that wrong, but he could have come out last year, redshirt junior. Decided to come back and play because uh, they wanted to win a national championship. We've talked about it a lot with some of these Big Ten guys. On, off again, really, I think, kind of messed up everything. Ohio State's whole schedule was messed up a lot. So I'm actually going to give them Wyatt Davis uh, because I think he is the better offensive uh offensive guard here and and they definitely need that interior offensive line help so i'm gonna give wyatt davis here to the arizona cardinals which puts the miami dolphins up on the board at pick 50 for you interior offensive line tight end and linebacker are their biggest needs where do you have the dolphins going 
Yeah, so I went to defensive end. Uh, I'm going to go with Ronnie Perkins out of Oklahoma. All right, so they get a little bit better on defense. Had a really good defense last year as well with uh, Brian Flores there, just continuing to improve that. That's puts what? Where do you want to cut this at? Let's go. Let's go sixty. Nice even number. I feel like that's good. You want to try and finish up? Oh, I I see. I I see you put it at the Bears. Let's go sixty. I like it. I just like sixty. Saint Saint sounds good. Maybe we can go into the third round on Thursday with Dennis a little bit, extend it out a little bit more than we thought we were going to. So. Washington, uh, that's me, right? I'm Washington. So yeah. linebacker, safety, cornerback, and wide receiver on the board. God, man, so it's hard. Baron Browning is the best. It sucks because it's two Browns linebackers on the board here. And I'm sorry, Browns. Two Ohio State linebackers on the board here. And I'm not sold that either one of them should be taken at this spot. I, I don't think... Baron Browning or Pete Warner were that good. I loved what Chaz Surratt was doing out of North Carolina, so that's actually who I'm going to take here. I might be a little bit against the grain. Uh, Baron Browning is rated very high by certain services. I just I don't think I'm just not sold on him being as good as as a Chaz Surratt. I liked what I saw out of Surratt out of North Carolina. A little bit smaller. Um, then, then Baron Browning and probably Pete Warner, I think. Yeah, Pete Warner, 6'3", 220. What was Baron Browning? 6'3", 241. Chaz Surratt was, was a little smaller than that, 6'1", 227. But I liked what I saw out of him for a lot of what uh, last year there uh, at North Carolina. He is a redshirt senior this year, so been in college a little bit longer than, uh, than Warner. Browning was the senior as well. But I'm going to give them Chaz Surratt out of North Carolina there to help improve that defense even more. That puts the Bears on the clock for you here. Quarterback, uh, offensive tackle, and cornerback. Uh, for the Bears, where do you have the Bears going? I have to do it. I, I'm going to have them take Kyle Trask. So not Kellamon. Why Kyle Trask? Why not? I mean, Kellamon seems to be the hot name, right? That everybody's talking about as that next quarterback. Why did you go Kyle Trask? I don't know. I think we all felt like Kyle Trask was probably the next best out of that group. He also just kind of screams Bears to me. I think I was sold when you said probably a career NFL backup. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Davis Mills is another guy I forgot all about that was kind of uh, uh, getting a lot of hype as a possible back in first round pick by some people at ESPN, which I don't understand. So that uh, he he's another guy that maybe could go here. Um, you know, I, I like Kyle Trask is still my fifth. Not here's not much separating him from, from Kellen Mon. Yeah, sorry, sixth. Not not much separating him from Kellen Mon, though, if I'm being honest. I, I don't think any of those guys. I mean, I guess if you want to count Kellen Mon's athleticism, maybe. He has a little bit more of a starter upside, but I, I I don't really see it. So that puts me on the clock at 53 here with the Titans. Wide receiver, offensive tackle, safety, and tight end. Uh, I think they've got A.J. Brown. Who do they who they bring in in the offseason? Who am I forgetting? Uh, Josh about? Reynolds. Josh Reynolds on the other side there, so... I'm going to give them Amari Rogers. Give them a nice little slot weapon here for Ryan Tannehill. We saw what Jarvis Landry was able to do with with Ryan Tannehill in Miami. I don't know. Obviously, not quite the same system, but Amari Rogers is a very good slot wide receiver. I don't see him being much else than that. They need help at the wide receiver position, so I will take Amari Rogers out of Clemson here to fill that slot wide receiver role. 
for the Titans. That puts you on the clock here with the Colts. Offensive tackle, cornerback, interior defensive line, and edge rusher, biggest needs for the Colts. Where would you go for the Colts? So we took a receiver at first. What were the – Yes. Uh-huh. It was Rondell Moore. Uh, offensive tackle, no, I was cornerback, yeah. interior defensive line, and edge rusher. Maybe I'll go and look. Corner. I think so I'm going to top- take Joseph. Okay. I was going to say, he's one of the top guys on the board. So Kelvin Joseph, the cornerback out of Kentucky here, which is their second biggest need. So that does address that secondary help, gets them a good player. I think he was, where to go, 45 on the big board here that I'm looking at. So again, that I mean, that's good value for them. Ten, technically 10 pick or nine picks later. So then he should have gone according to the big board here. So pretty good for them. Uh, that puts the Steelers on the board here. And with all the big running backs off the board and they need major help at defense. I'm sorry, offensive line. You've got Dylan Radins, the offensive tackle out of North Dakota State. Creed Humphrey, the interior offensive line out of Oklahoma. But I'm going to give them Radins out of North Dakota State. Offensive tackle, I think they need that just a little bit more. He's a little bit higher rated by some places on these big boards. Uh, so they need offensive line help badly with no re- none of the all the top running backs off the board here. I think at this point they probably just wait till the third round to try and grab one of those second-tier guys. So I'm going to give them Dylan Raddance out of North Dakota State which puts you on the clock here for the Seattle Seahawks. Edge rusher, offensive tackle, cornerback, and interior offensive line are their biggest needs. Where would you go for the Seattle Seahawks? So you've got you're, – you're muted, Matt. I kind of feel like – they got to do line. Seems like tackle would be their biggest corner, I guess. Well, that's true. I forgot they didn't. They lost their uh, best corner. Yeah. So let's see here. Who are the best corners on the board? So you've got a. Let me see. Why is this not? So you'd be looking at a little bit of a reach for Aaron Robinson out of UCF. Um, Elijah Molden out of Washington. I mean, some of these guys, again, it depends on what you're drafting for. You know, some teams, just like in fantasy, teams reach. But all these guys rated a little bit lower around the 70 area. In uh, I'm going to butcher this dude's name. Well, Afitu Melifinowu out of Syracuse. Tyson Campbell out of Georgia. There's, those are the top kind of cornerbacks on the board. Yeah, ESPN actually has Elijah Molden rated as 50th overall. Oh, Okay. So that would be about right here. I think that's what I'm going to go with. I, Elijah Molden out of Washington. Yeah. All right. So that fills their cornerback knee that puts me on the clock with the uh, the Rams. Offensive tackle, interior offensive line, tight end, and linebacker. And, you know, we've been kind of passing on Creed Humphrey for a while here. I think he's one of the better players on the board, clearly. With the with the need of offense interior offensive lineman for the Rams, that's where I'm going to go. Give them Creed Humphrey out of Oklahoma, which puts you on the clock here with the Baltimore Ravens edge rusher, safety, and wide receivers. Their biggest needs. Where do you have the Ravens going? So we gave them a wide receiver. 
Yes, they took um, – who did we have them taking? Was it Terrace Marshall? I think I gave him Terrace Marshall last yeah. time. So, I mean, part of me thinks they can never have enough uh, wide receivers, but then part yeah. of me also thinks who's throwing the ball to them. If they were going to do an edge rusher, they're a 3-4, right? Yes. So their kind of edge rusher would probably be one of those linebackers like you were talking about. I feel like we've tapped the well of corners. What's going on, Bengals Nation? Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a little bit of a drop right now at the cornerback position. I think I'm going to go with Chris Rumpf from Duke. All right. Let's see here. All right. So you've got oh, – was he? He was a linebacker, right? Yep. Outside. Right, so outside linebacker out of Duke. Which then puts me on the clock with the. It feels like all these teams need the same thing. That's why we're tapping. Like, yeah, and it's gonna make that. Well, I see. That's the other thing too. We've got some of these guys falling. Like, obviously, some of this is falling like perfectly, and I don't think that that happens. Obviously, so. But that puts the Browns on the clock here again. I don't. Uh, Interior defensive line, edge rusher, wide receiver, cornerback are the top needs. Uh, we gave them linebacker earlier with uh, Owusu, who I would love if that really happened for the Browns in the first round. I don't really feel like edge rusher is a huge need for them. I know that they got Clowney on a one-year deal, but I just feel like right you can attack that position again next year. Interior defensive line, they did just let go of Sheldon Richardson. I don't believe they're bringing back Ogan Joby. Uh, you know, so you've got Nixon out of Iowa, some of the top edge rushers, uh, uh, Osasi out of Texas, and then Gregory Russo out of Miami, who I know a lot of people really like. Oh, I thought we drafted him to somebody. Mm-mm. Did we not? I don't think so. I don't have him lifted off my board. Oh, interesting. So, you know, cornerback, you know, we just talked about it. You know, again, Aaron Robinson's really the only guy that I have in this range at a UCF. I don't know if they go there. You know, they they do have Greedy Williams coming back, who they drafted in the second round a couple years ago. Obviously, different regime, uh, but still considered to be a very good player there with Denzel Ward. I think they've improved that secondary enough. So I'm going to give them Russo out of Miami, hoping to maybe be the future there to help uh, rush on the edge whenever they if they lose Jadavion Clowney after next year. You know, we'll see what happens. Pretty bad fall here, unfortunately, for Baron Browning, who is again rated fairly highly on this board, player 43, and still falling, but that gets us the last pick that we're gonna make here today at 60. You know, you want to just finish out the second round? I mean, that's four picks. Yeah, away. we can. Might as well, right? Uh, so that puts you on the clock with the Saints. Cornerback, edge rusher, linebacker safety for the Saints. Uh, where would you have the Saints going here? So I'll give them Baron Browning because I think they're going to, you know, we took, I think they need to keep working on their defense. Yeah. So the fall stops there for Baron Browning. That puts the Bills on the clock. Cornerback, edge rusher, wide receiver, and running back. And 
I'm going to go ahead and give them Aaron Robinson here. I think they still have, um, who is it, at cornerback outside of Tredavious White that was not great last year. Um, uh, Norman? The, is yes. Norman still there? Yes. So I, I think, obviously, bringing a younger guy who can help out there, Aaron Robinson should be able to do that at a UCF, addresses that one big need they really need on that defense, in my opinion, which now puts you on the clock with the Green Bay Packers. Cornerback, wide receiver, offensive tackle, biggest needs for the Packers. Where do you have the, the pack attack going? So wait, for I'm keeping back up with Buffalo. You had him taking... A corner, right? Yeah, sorry. Aaron Robinson. I was opening some Cheetos for the little son for the little yeah. one. Here you go, buddy. So yes, Aaron Robinson at a UCF, the cornerback there to the Bills with the last pick. And Packers, I was trying to remember who we gave him. I think we gave him Elijah Moore, right? Yes, they took Elijah Moore in the first round. So probably not going to take receiver twice. Yeah, we'll I would be lucky. Not. We'll be lucky if they take receiver once. And with one of these picks, yeah, we'll be lucky if they take him in the first or second round. Well, let's hope. But I, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't bet the house on him. So, like, I'll get the top guys on the board. It's all defense at this point, at least the board that I'm looking at. Edge rusher Joe Tyron out of Washington. Joseph Asasi yeah, out of Texas. That. Dyson. I give him Joe Tyron. Tyron, okay. All right. Edge rusher out of Washington there to the Green Bay Packers. That puts the Kansas City Chiefs on the board. Offensive tackle, linebacker, interior offensive line, biggest needs here. And, I mean, linebacker, you still got Pete Warner, who we were talk- I was just talking about earlier, but I, I still think – their biggest need is going to be improving that offensive line. You got Brady Christensen out of boys, uh, BYU, who I don't think is much of a reach here. I think he probably goes back into the second, early fir- early third. You know, it, it's a big deal trying to to make this pick here. So I'm going to give them Brady Christensen, and I will be back here in just a second. That puts you on the clock with uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Tampa Bay, the first pick we gave him was Christian Barrymore, uh, defensive tackle. Um, The key needs it talks about them having is interior defensive line, wide receiver. For some reason, running back is on there. Um, And then edge rusher, also interior offensive lineman, tackle quarterback. Um, I don't feel like they're going to – to take a development quarterback here, even though I think they probably will at some point in the draft. So that kind of puts looking at interior offensive line. I, we just saw probably the best edge rushers go. But I'm going to go ahead and give them Carlos Basham Jr. out of Wake Forest. Whoo! All right, sorry. The big boss at the day job was calling me, so I had to I had to answer that phone call. So, so with Car- Carlos Basham out of Wake Forest. All right, so that ends the second round for us. I'm going to recap it here really quick. And then uh, we'll we'll talk about it. Maybe we'll maybe we'll just do the third round for fun here on Thursday with Dennis jumping on. So 
Uh, Liam Eichberg out of uh, Notre Dame, offensive tackle to the Jaguars at 33. And then we had Najee Harris out of uh, Alabama at 34 to the Jets. At 35, Javante Williams out of North Carolina, running back. 36 to the Dolphins out of Clemson, Travis Etienne, running back. At 37 to the Eagles out of Kentucky, Jamin Davis, linebacker. At 38 out of Florida to the Bengals, Kadarius Toney, wide receiver. At 39 to the Panthers out of Georgia, Eric Stokes, cornerback. At 40 to the Denver Broncos, which actually probably a big steal here. I, I think you were pretty happy to get this pick. Yep. Out of Texas, Samuel Cosme, the offensive tackle. At 41 to the Detroit Lions, out of Missouri, linebacker Nick Bolton. At 42 to the Giants, out of LSU, linebacker Jabril Cox. At 43 to the 49ers, out of Alabama, interior offensive lineman Landon Dickerson. At 44 to the Dallas Cowboys, out of Washington, interior defensive lineman Levi. Levi O is what I'm going to call him. Yeah, Levi his last name. At 45 to the Jacksonville Jaguars out of Penn State, tight end Pat Fryermuth. At 46 out of UCF safety, Richie Grant to the Patriots. At 47 to the Los Angeles Chargers out of Penn State edge rusher Jason Awu. At 48 to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders uh, out of Alabama, offensive tackle Alex Leatherwood. 49 to the Arizona Cardinals out of the Ohio State University interior offensive lineman Wyatt Davis at 50 to the Miami Dolphins out of Oklahoma edge rusher Ronnie Perkins at 51 to the Washington football team out of North Carolina linebacker Chad Surratt at 52 to the Chicago Bears out of Florida quarterback Kyle Trask at 53 to the Tennessee Titans out of Clemson wide receiver Amari Rogers 54 to the Indianapolis Colts out of Kentucky cornerback Kelvin Joseph 55 to the Pittsburgh Steelers out of North Dakota State offensive tackle Dylan Redunce at 56 to the Seattle Seahawks out of Washington cornerback Elijah Molden 57 to the Los Angeles Rams out of Oklahoma Creed Humphrey interior offensive lineman uh 58 to the Baltimore Ravens out of Duke Edge rusher Chris Rumpf the second at 59 to the Cleveland Browns out of Miami. Gregory Rousseau, the edge rusher, at 60. The Saints take uh, linebacker Baron Browning out of the Ohio State University at 61. The Buffalo Bills take Aaron Robinson, cornerback out of UCF. At 62, the Green Bay Packers take Joe Tyron, edge rusher out of Washington. At 63, the Kansas City Chiefs take Brady Christensen, offensive tackle out of BYU. And then last but not least, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take Carlos Basham, Jr., defensive end out of Wake. Forest. So that knocks out the second round for us again. We we did the first round. If you really want to hear it, you can rewind or listen to the podcast or go back to, to Thursday's episode. I think we've recapped it like three times now, so I don't want to <laughs> recap that whole first round again. So again, maybe we'll go into the third round. I don't, we probably weren't expecting to get through it that quickly, uh, but we've gotten through two. We've got about a week left. I mean, at this point in time, next week we'll be talking any news a little bit more draft stuff as we'll be obviously three days away from the nfl draft which should be exciting i cannot wait it's going to be a a really fun next couple weeks uh thursday just so you guys know if you have any interest next thursday um well i'll, I'll do my side first i don't know exactly what ricky's doing but Thursday and Friday, the Campus to Canton crew will be live both days the entire time. Uh, so if you want to jump on, we'll have a ton of guests uh, th- uh, Friday. Um, big name guys. Player, we've had two players who've played in the NFL 
who are going to be coming on with us. We have a very big name in the fantasy industry as well jumping on with us. Um, one of the guys I'll just say, because I know you know him, good friend of ours, Nick Whalen, will also be joining us Friday as well. We've got a bunch of guests jumping on Friday. Thursday will be us. Um, I know Matt and I have talked. He might try and jump on with us when he can talk a little bit, whatever day. Uh, and then I know you'll be on with Ricky as well. And I don't know what days Ricky is doing it. Do you know for sure what days he's doing it? No, he's doing Thursday. So definitely join his as well if you want to, you know, if you get bored with ours, you want to check out Ricky. I know he's got a bunch of big name guests. I saw like Matt Hicks, uh, you, I can't remember who else. I think Kane is going on his. He's got a bunch of big guys going on his as well, I saw. I don't so. know if I should have been listed second. But. Ah, no, you're a big name. I don't care what your follower account says. You know what you're talking about. So he's he's got a lot of really great guests jumping on his too as well. Love what Ricky and Stoops are doing over there with the Debbie. Delight and obviously part of our network here at the, the Drive-In Podcast Network, which we're always excited to be a part of. So definitely check them out as well. Mm-hmm. We will. We had talked about we will be on um, about our normal time a little bit yeah. before the draft, giving maybe probably do some final predictions about where we go, maybe a little final wish casting. Well, I no, actually, I know what I want to do Thursday. So I see that you posted a rookie mock. Actually, that might be a uh, it might be a good thing to do this Thursday with Dennis. That's and what then I see- said. Oh, I thought you meant like Thursday of no, the draft. The My draft. bad. So yeah, that's what we'll do this Thursday because then we can see kind of how we can just alternate back changed. and forth. Yeah, may have changed things. Uh, next Thursday, I want to do a lot of stuff. I think we did it last year, too. Um, but I want to do – maybe it was before the draft. Uh, some over-under betting stuff, like how many wide receivers may go in the first round, so on and so forth, and kind of see how close we get to that stuff. I, thought, uh, I was going to say, our mock, we didn't end up with that many uh, fantasy I think we only ended players up in the four. second round. Yeah, yeah, it was not. Yeah, the second round was we not very We took three running friendly. backs all together, and then I think we took uh, – we ended up taking – Two wide receivers and total. a tight end. So yeah, not not yeah. a great second round for fantasy, but we, we'll definitely do some over under stuff on Thursday. See who comes close to that. Uh, with that after the draft, we can definitely talk about that the Thursday after, and then do another rookie mock to see maybe how things have have changed for both of us or the three of us because Dennis will be on with us as well. So that'll that'll be fun. Uh, so let's jump into it. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, a very interesting episode a very um relevant episode i would say and in, in in what's going on in what has been going on in the country for a year there's a little something that was thrown out to me the other day on twitter that i'd like to get your thoughts on but we'll save that for the very end of the discussion so the penultimate episode it was the longest and uh packed in the most so far of this season it was an hour long what was uh what was your thoughts on this latest episode yeah i mean i really think that was their for me that was their best episode probably uh, uh you know of the that we've had of this uh season i liked it a lot i was very uh compelled um by a lot of the action you did a lot of different things uh it's interesting i've seen some people speculating that they they think like wandavision this is going to be a one off for a show I'll be curious your thoughts. There is the way the interactions between Sam and Bucky and things like that. It felt to me very much like a setup for showing you how it could be an ongoing show. Yeah. Well, so I guess I'll bring up the thing that was brought up to me because I, 
as you know, I try not to pay attention to any of this stuff because I don't want anything ruined for me. I know, you know, they, they show little things here and there and there's, there's other stories and there's some people who, you know, we've talked a little bit about, I know you weren't a fan of some of the stuff that happened earlier on in the show. Uh, I've seen some people and people that I respect saying that they have not enjoyed this at all, which I, I on the complete opposite. Now maybe, you know, you can make, I guess the argument that I'm, I'm suckling at the Marvel power tea because i i for the most part love everything that they hey do. it's a good tea to suckle at it really is uh, i've enjoyed i really have enjoyed this show i i have not seen any issues with it but what was brought up to me was someone brought up that they don't really love the dialogue and the writing of, of mm. so far of you know falcon and winter soldier and then someone else commented on that saying they think that the reason parts of these episodes seem disjointed and everything is because the original storyline of the show was supposed to be about a plague that got released in Asia or where they started out with um, uh. Uh, Carly Morgenthau's character. But because of then what happened with COVID, they completely changed the story. And that's why you may see why things seem a little bit more disjointed than what they originally wanted the show to be, because they didn't want to go down the route of it being like a COVID because a pandemic. Yeah, that's what they that's what he said. Yes, it was a pandemic, not a not a plague. He said it was a global pandemic that starts. And I can't remember the the city where Carly Morgenthau's character is holed up earlier in the show, but They, they go there a couple times earlier in the show, and what the person brought up was they had read that earlier on that's where the show was supposed to be made, started out at, and there was supposed to be a global pandemic that starts there. Uh, then obviously we know that COVID interrupted this show very early on in its, in its recording because as we've talked before, this was supposed to come out before. Yeah, uh, it was supposed to know, be the first Marvel one. Division. It yeah. was supposed to be, I think, the first year Disney Plus launched, you know, and yes. now we're kind of in the – they've done – it launched November of 19. So you're kind of into the almost second third full year. year, almost yeah. to third oh, yeah, year. Second. Yeah. So uh, I, when they brought that up, I found that very interesting. It's like, I I did not know that as I said, and that's why I was going to kind of ask you about it. Cause I've avoided, I avoid all that stuff. I knew they were filming. I was excited about it, but I didn't want to look at anything, read anything. Cause I wanted to be surprised a lot. Like I was with WandaVision. So what, what are your thoughts? Does that seem plausible to you? Did you hear anything about that? You know, I, haven't read a lot either as we discovered last week when neither of us totally realized there were only six episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like you, I didn't really want to have it ruined. I just knew that it was coming and that I would be interested. I watched the one trailer that was released and I know they were shooting um, in, over in Europe in Eastern yes. Europe. So it, it's definitely possible. They had to change the storyline to me. I don't feel like it's totally disjointed and they are following um, the is it Agent X uh, storyline from the comics with what they're doing with John Walker and um, him taking over as Captain America. So it feels like they're. I, I thought an interesting critique that I saw was uh, somebody com- said that they felt like Wanda suffered because it didn't have a villain. You know, it wasn't really clear who the villain was at the end. And yeah. as much as we, we are predisposed to like Wanda, she was n- sort of villainous. I mean, she did, yeah. she was a villain for all the people that lived in that city. Um, you know, she may not have been the only villain or like what they made as the main villain, but she wasn't exactly a hero. They, the opposite criticism that I've seen for this one is there are too many villains um, that you, 
that they aren't giving them enough depth. I don't know that I totally agree with that. I, I do think Carly has gotten a little bit of short shrift um, because they have really focused a lot on John Walker. I told you last week, I felt he was the villain and it made clear it was the villain. And I thought this week, even more so kind of cements yeah. that he, he's going down a really kind of ugly, uh, dark path lashed out at the Senate during the hearing that uh, I don't know what you thought of it, but I thought that fight was very intense between him and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes. Um, came pretty close to seeing him torn apart. We got an arm bent backwards. Um, that was somewhat satisfying. I'm sure you were. Yeah, I was about to say you were. Probably, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was somewhat satisfying. No. I, I mean, so that, that was interesting. The other thing that I reflected on is, as much as I love this, Adrian, Len, uh, as much as I loved this episode, it almost felt like um, if you were thinking about it in movie terms, like this was the end of the first act. Yeah. Like it's taken all this time for him to come back to where we, to the, to making a decision about the problem that he was mulling over and wrestling with when the show began all the way back to when that last Avengers film ended and he was given the shield. Uh, I have also been very moved that people have been, uh, praising the show for the way it's dealt with veterans issues and yeah. race issues, something that you don't really often see from Marvel or these kind of things. I don't think that can be uh, diminished. There were some very powerful moments and explorations of what it means to be an African American man put into this position or to possibly take up the shield. The conversation he has with the, you know, the older gentleman who was a super soldier and the experience he had, which was kind of the complete opposite of what we saw with Steve Rogers was very right. moving. Um, his sequences with Bucky were very moving. It's, it's interesting too. Does nobody really know that he and Bucky took the shield and, and are going? Cause you kind of hear several times them telling John Walker, you need to return it. You don't have it. Yeah. Well, what's her name new, which I have no idea who that character is, by the way, but uh, the Julianne Dreyfus's character, which yeah. was a very interesting. What, little Julie, it's, so was that our big, cause there was teasing that we were going to see like a big kind of cameo or a big star. That can't be it. I don't think so. Well, there's rumors. It's not a good star. <laughs> there's rumors that it's Steve Rogers is makes an appearance at the end. That well, that's what I always Walker. Like. Yeah, uh, and Len, we are talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the, the latest episode. Um, so speaking of the fight, which you just mentioned, I did like that they jumped right into that. I mean, you almost picked up right where it left off. John Walker takes off running. They meet in the warehouse, and you can see, you know, where, again, I, I've said from the beginning, I think that Walker is a very tragic character. I think he wants yeah. to do right, but clearly he's not, I would, I guess it's, to, to talk about the, the you just mentioned veteran issues, like we've seen how war and some of the things that they have to go through and deal with affects them mentally, and they don't always get the help that they need. And and you saw, um, I always forget what his name is, Battlestar, says yeah. it when they're talking, um, when they're Lamar. like having a little lunch together. Yeah, Lamar is that, you know, and they said that the, the super soldier serum amplifies certain things, and I'm wondering if this is amplifying the bad side of John Walker. We see him obviously kind of losing his mind a little bit in that fight ends up losing to both of them. They take the shield, you know, and, and that uh, begins kind of this 
even more bonding of like uh, Sam and Bucky. And it seems like Bucky finally kind of understands Sam motives on not wanting to just become Captain America, kind of the struggle that he's going through in, in, in if he should take the shield and take up that mantle. Uh, so kind of what were your thoughts on that? Would you be interested in this becoming a movie or a second show with kind of the way things have moved with them? Yeah, I like their pairing. Um, you know, I can see that continuing in whatever way the MCU. It's it's a little unclear right now, like what happens exactly with uh, Avengers. You know, we know Captain America, old and retired. Iron Man, deceased. Thor, off world. It seemed like Hulk kind of retired. Yeah, it's, you know, Black Widow's gone. So. I think a lot of what happens in the next Spider-Man movie, which is also plagued a little bit by contract issues. It was even a lock that we were going to get this third Spider-Man movie after them leaving us on the, the worst possible cliffhanger. They came to an agreement to do at least one. He's supposed to be in multiverse of madness. You don't really know. Are they at a point where they're going to reboot or are they just going to go in different direction? So I could see them playing a part in, um, the movies, but also I, to me, it felt like uh, the setup on that episode was that they were going to go ahead and that they, that they were laying the groundwork for what would be an interesting ongoing series. Um, Whether that happens or not, I've read some other things that suggest this was supposed to be a one-off. That would be kind of a bummer to me. I think it would be, more interesting to me if this was a continuing show. I think they have good rapport. You could have them doing investigations. This feels a little more grounded than some of the bigger superhero films. Yeah. So it ends with, um, looks like them setting up a massive meet and battle here in New York. You see Carly Morgenthau meeting up with, um, if you missed or the beginning of the show where they uh, Sam goes after, I believe he's like, is he from, is he from France? Uh, I'm, I'm guessing is where the accent is coming from. If I'm co- correctly. Yeah. I think he was French, but so they he meets up with their battles, a guy earlier in the series and, and saves uh, someone from a French bad guy, I guess is what we'll put it. Uh, uh, so. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, so. They that kind of completely just threw me off. He comes back is now is joining with Carly Morgenthau and the, yeah, they're bringing their the massive group now coming together at New York to what looks like come to a head for the final battle. We know this is the final episode of the season. We're hoping, at least I'm hoping it's at least an hour, if not longer, and it's going to be the longest episode. We also see at the very end, if you stay toward the end credits, uh, John Walker is in the process of making his own shield. Uh, so what is your thoughts? What, what do you think about John Walker now making his own shield? Which I think you kind of expect, at least I expected, with kind of the way he was talking about, you know, lying to Lamar's parents about avenging his death uh, by, cause he did not kill Carly, who was the one who actually killed Lamar. Um, and just kind of kept saying, as you mentioned, when he was yelling at the Senate, I am captain America just seemed like it was building toward him becoming captain America again, or trying to be. Um, so I think he's obviously going to be a part of the finale. And we also know that Bucky had the Wakandans make something for Sam, which I'm assuming is some sort of Captain America outfit. <laughs> that was the part that pissed my wife off the most. Yeah, well, I think it's new. Too. I think it's new wings. 
Oh, okay. I think it's a Captain America suit. So I guess one of us was. Well, I think it's a variation. So uh, I told you the one thing that I saw was the toy that got released is him in kind of a red, white, and blue with a star outfit, still with the wings, but holding the shield. Oh, okay. So I think it's the kind of hybrid next um, evolution, you know, probably a suit that can't be busted because, you know, at, at the end of that fight, Walker obviously tore the tore the wings off which was kind of kind of a bummer and we see him kind of leaving that behind wandering around with just the shield i think it's some kind of my wife kept saying is he never gonna open it i'm like don't worry don't worry he's gonna open it by the end of the episode and then you see him lift the lid and like the lights come on and they cut out and i was like my wife looked at me like you liar yeah. Oh, I, I did not write the show, guys. I was like, really? Like, you can't even just show us what it is? So, apparently, I mean, I have not seen the toy. So, I guess we, if you've seen the toy, you already know what it looks like. I have not. So, I, I well, did not. Well, if know it's accurate story. anyway. Right. That's just what I was my strong suspicion after seeing the action figure release. So, I think it's some kind of outfit. Uh, I assume Walker is going to go and try to kill Carly and dispatch anyone that gets in his way, which probably leads to a big collision. Um, What's interesting, you know, is Bucky heads off at the end of that episode. I saw some people, I hope we get to see them together again. I'm going to be real bummed out. I have to be honest. If he, if he's not a part of the finale, if that was like the end, I was shocked. Some of the readings. He says, if you find anything out, give me a call and I'll yeah. be there. So I imagine he's going to show up. I don't think it's going to be just Sam against them. I wonder if we see some other Avengers end up coming. Cause... Well, I'm intrigued to see. I wonder if, um, and I can't remember her name now. Uh, uh, Captain Marvel? No, 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 no. Uh, the niece of Peggy Carter. Sharon. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I'm curious as to who. Well, what was she on the phone? Exactly. With? And I wonder how that might play into the finale. So I think she's going to be a part of it. So in some sort of way, whoever she was talking to. So I, I don't know how that part will work out. I think that has something to do with it. And then obviously I do think that whoever this big reveal is, is going to be a part of this as well. I don't, I, I don't know if it's going to be part of the fight, if it's the end scene. So kind of, is it your expectation? It's going to be, Chris Evans back as old Captain America or that's, I had always kind of thought he was going to come back uh, or that Sam would end up wanting to talk to him again or, or, in, but now I'm sort of on the fence. Cause you almost got that kind of trying to work out what I should do with him talking to the other super soldier. You know, did that guy fill the role in a, very different but more meaningful way to sam and does that mean we're not you know because that was what i had i thought maybe steve was going to come and and help him take on the mantle be like hey you know i know you're struggling with this i've seen what's going on because we don't really know if steve was steve's still alive when he gives it to him he's older but it doesn't indicate that he he died he had but at the same time the it's interesting that, you know, even Bucky acts like he, his friend is gone, like dead, gone. So I don't know if they can't find him, you know, or maybe he is supposed to have passed away. That's what we're supposed to have given, but so that's still possible. I started wondering if you don't get a different, another, you know, one of the Avengers or 
one of the agents a shield or something because you're setting up for kind of a bigger final action piece um, that involves more players and has more global ramifications. Because when they're the when they were talking about it being an incident on par with the one that kicked off Civil War, kind of makes you think. But I don't know who who among them is even left that could yeah that you could have up here. Well, that's what that's what's going to make things interesting, right? So, just thinking off the top of my head, I mean, they're in New York. Because we know I, Rhodes is there. We've seen him. Yeah. With, um, so, Iron Patriot could, you know, potentially be in there. I see. Like I was thinking, but he's. It can't I know be Black Panther. I know he's in the Spider-Man movie. So, I, well, I was trying to think, like logistically, who's usually in New York? And so, like, Daredevil popped to mind, and I know he's in the new Spider-Man movie, and it's, it's actually the, the character, but I don't know if well, he's in Dr. this. Strange I don't know. is technically in New York, too. He's housed there. Yeah, so I, my hope is it's someone we haven't seen yet. And that's Bucky my hope. made all those jokes about wizards at the beginning. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that that's who we're going to see. Or I'm hoping we'll see or somebody... Well, that might, that's kind of, I think, though, who everybody's expecting to see, right? Because we still don't know who that is. Now, maybe that's someone who plays further on. Maybe if they do have a second season, I don't know. I, I'm hoping we see at least one new hero that I know someone mentioned. I don't remember who was here before in one of our previous episodes, and they talked about they're hoping that we get to see, or there was a rumor that we're going to see um, a, a superhero revealed that we did not know about. So that's what I'm hoping we're going to see. But, Obviously, that will be on Friday. We're going to see, I guess, what happens. I'm excited for it. It's going to be a very good episode. I hate that I still have to wait till very late in the night. I'm going to have to turn my phone off again well, or I avoid Twitter. To too. I have my second COVID shot Thursday night. If I'm not uh, mentally all there, I'm not letting my wife boot it Friday morning. <laughs> yeah, that, that, is, that is going to sex it. Well, no, wait. I get to watch it early. I'm off Friday. I forgot about that. I'm going to make the wife uh, wake up early. I'm going to kick her out of bed early and make her watch it with me so that I can watch it. Damn sleep. She doesn't need it. Neither do I. All right. Well, that will do it for us today. We'll be back on Thursday with Dennis. We'll recap any obvious NFL news that happens, and we will be participating in, what do you think, three, four rounds? Four rounds seems a little steep. but For a rookie. Four. Yeah, for a rookie, rookie draft. Yeah, I would rookie. do a three-round 12-team. Three round 12 team rookie mock on Thursday with Dennis to see how we kind of have these players panning out. And then in two weeks, we'll kind of recap it and see how things may have changed until then. Everybody have yourselves a great day. And we'll see you guys again on Thursday. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wall line ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Over the tackle of the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. I can.